Greetings, fellow investigators, and welcome back to our video podcast, Into the Darkness, where my friends and I play the Call of Cthulhu role-playing game. I'm your host, Tom Rayleigh. Most people go through life with an unspoken, desperate fear of death. It lingers just before they drift off to sleep at night because they don't know the day or the hour when that dark angel will visit them. But what if you knew? There once was a man who had been given a slow-acting poison, and he knew only two things. One, that he was going to die, and the other thing was the name of the man who had murdered him. So, he chose revenge. Our campaign is Horror on the Orient Express, and this is episode 77. I'm your game master, and Thomas McKeon will be giving our recap. So. Let's begin our journey into the darkness. Thomas? Thanks, Tom. <clears throat> My dear Annie, it's been almost two months since I last wrote to you, and I'm sure that you have many questions about my absence. Currently, I stand in the Constantinople train station, awaiting my friends to return so that we can board the Orient Express back to London. A lot has happened since we last spoke. I'm scared to say that it was probably our last. I need you to understand the sort of danger that I'm in, so that you and George don't make the mistake of involving yourself in anything like it. You see, Annie, I've seen things you wouldn't believe. Horrible things, amazing things. Things that have changed me. Things that have changed my friends, or who I'd once call friends. I'm not sure if they're my friends now, after what I did to them. But a long story into a single page is difficult, but I'll try my best. After the Challenger event, where I watched our friend, Julius Smiles, perform his presentation, he was taken by a man named Mehmet Makriat. Somehow, this man assumed Smiles' identity, tricking us into collecting items I cannot begin to describe to you. In short, we delivered these to him in Constantinople, where he then trapped us away to die. The real Smythe was there as well, horribly disfigured, tortured by Mamet and his followers. We managed to escape, but I broke. My mind wouldn't budge. It was conflicted between horror at what we'd done and crippling sorrow for what we may need to do to stop it. It was because of the others that I'm writing this letter to you now. We escaped a tower of filth and skin, taking what remained of Smythe with us. They fought the guards, pushed me into action, and freed slave children. Without them, I'd be a dead coward. Yet, even now I fear what's to come, and what we've changed into. Dawkins, once a man of science and ethics, paired with sophistication and wit, now forever changed by magic and his need for survival. Franca, a man we've dined with, laughed with, a man who I believe is now broken by the horrors we've all seen. An artist who once made beauty, who once sought the truth, now fears it, ever to see beauty in the world again. And Elizabeth, I can't imagine what's going on in her mind. Losing Rupert, 
person she loved so much in the blink of an eye. I mean, what about Giles, Everett, Vigo? All of them dead. Gone. Or possibly maddened. And finally, myself. Once a man of ethics and morals passed on by my father. A man who once dabbled in the horrors of the beyond. Now I'm a murderer, a drunkard, a coward. Who's so afraid to lose anyone else that he'd rather do nothing at all. I can tell you now that I'm not the same man who left Danny. I've changed. We all have, for better or for worse. And that's why I'm not coming home. I'm not the man you love, I'm not the man who raised George, and I'm not the man who smiled at Mary every day after work. I don't know who I am anymore. But I know what's to come. I used I used to tell Smythe about those dreams I had after listening to the device I made. Dreams about me, a man I didn't know. I know that you know what happened in those dreams, Annie. What happened to me. I think those dreams are happening. I think this is it. I'm scared. The others don't know about my fears, about what I know on the other side. What I heard on that horrible device, what I saw in my dreams. I only told them what they needed, and that was it. Now we board the train, and we try to stop the Met Macriot for whatever is to come. We have only a hundred hours to stop him in England before we're gone, wasted away into nothing. And even if we reach him in time, I know what I need to do. The others and I need to end this once and for all, and there's no turning back now. Tell George not to come looking for me. But tell him I'm proud of him, and I always was, even if I never said it. Tell Mary I'm sorry I never saw her get to grow up, and know that I'll always love you. But we need to end this. Goodbye, Annie. Perhaps one day we'll meet again in dreams. And I signed the letter, and I closed the envelope in the train station, and I put it in the slot, and I wait for the others with the tickets in hand. Excellent. I feel so sorry for you. <laughs> Shush! <laughs> Let's do this. I'm ready. All right. Um... Uh, so you you have the letter in hand. You're going to put it in the mail. Yes, um, and I've got the tickets as well. It's about um, three thirty in the afternoon, and you've arrived uh, at the train station. Uh, it's a bustle with lots and lots and lots and lots of people. Uh, there's other trains going other places, but not the not the Orient Express. Um, that's got its own uh, place where it's parked. Um, uh, you are accosted constantly by salespeople who, you know, want to sell you trinkets and wares and, and they're clingy and they touch you and it irritates you. And some of them are wearing fezes and some of them have dark beards and you have no idea who any of these people are. And they could just as easily be members of the brotherhood as total strangers. 
you can see the you can see the blue and gold gleam of the uh, Orient Express. Um, something you've become so familiar with over the last few weeks, really, is all it's been. Seems like an eternity, but it's been just a few weeks. There's There's somebody up there taking tickets and helping people get on board. Um, what would you like to do? You've already uh, got your tickets and your, your, your births have been um, assigned. Um, if I'm the only one here, I'd like to, I'd like to look around and kind of see the crowd for the others. Cause if the train is boarding now, they should be uh, around. I assume that you're all showing up there. Yeah, okay. you found, you've all found each other. We've all found each other, so I'm gonna uh, hand off. I'm gonna guess that the tickets are, are na have uh, our names, and they also have our room numbers. I'm gonna I'll, I'll pass them out, and I'm gonna say it looks like they couldn't get us uh, rooms all together. We're sharing with uh, another person. We have birth bur numbers. Yeah. yeah, we're we're all in the same car, but we're in different rooms. Oh, I see. Um, well, that, that was, it was last minute. Can't be helped, can it? No. Um, I've had a thought. This is the only train that's available, which means that this was the only train for Mehmet. So he he, he could be on this train. I don't he think probably he probably is. I don't think he could be. I think he is, and he's going to be in our car. Our car. Is a specific car that goes straight to, uh, to, to France and then takes us uh, to England. We're going straight there, and so is he. If he's got the simulacrum, he, he could he could it could be anyone. He could be one of our roommates. Exactly. Fun times. Fun times. Well. Um, I would suggest that uh, we keep to ourselves, even with our, our roommates. We don't speak. We don't, not saying be completely rude, but let's not hold any sort of conversation with anyone. Well, I think, I think we need to find out who, um, who the other late bookers were as well, somehow. Yeah. I, I don't. Can't have been that many last-minute tickets left. So. True. We can we can find out. Um, although seeing how packed this train is, that could be the majority of the train. Hmm. Um. However, let's just keep an eye out for someone that might strike us a bit odd. I mean, he might go into the guise of, a, of an Englishman, but he might not act like a, a proper Englishman. So is there any way for us to tell? I don't think there is. Unlike, unlike um, the skinless cult, where we can tell with different patches of skin and things of that sort, I think with the similar simulacrum, it is 
nearly impossible for us to tell. Was, wasn't there a thing in, in one of the books, in one of, one of the journals, that said something about light strike, if light strikes it at a certain angle, you can, you can tell it's the simulacrum? I think that's with the simulacrum, uh, not one person, but the pieces by themselves. I know that they changed colors uh, in the light, but that's when nobody was wearing them. They were just, they were just pieces of a statue. Um, I'm not sure it will work the same way when it's on someone. Hmm. I think the best way for us to um, to try to identify him is just keep an eye out for someone who might be acting a bit strange or a, a bit off. Their actions will probably tell more than their appearance. I, I vaguely remember something about that too, Dr. Keith. When, when they saw, I don't recall his name, but the the guy that was wearing the sunlight before, that, that, that there was like, the way the light hit him, it like sort of shimmered around him or something. Um, wasn't that how they, they got the pieces off? They could and see they, the seams. Yes. That's right, the seams, yes. That's what they could see. I mean, it, it may not be huge, but at least it's something we can just keep an eye out for. Yeah, I had something to separate those scenes, by the way. So. And can, yeah, can, speaking of that, can you remind me, Dr. Dawkins, I seem to recall when we were testing out the pieces and you were using the knife on the pieces, you cut into the torso and it actually cut into you, right? Correct. So your knife can actually cut through the simulacrum, not just the scenes, but the actual simulacrum itself. Yeah. Okay. I want to make sure of that. I wonder if he knows that. He, I would imagine he would. I mean, he's been after this, this thing for, for so long. But does he know that we have the knife? I, you know, I pat my, uh, my best. I have it tucked away. I would imagine at this point you like flash it all the time. You like clean your fingernails with it, you know, no. like your tea. No, I keep it in my pocket. Okay. Like the one ring. <laughs> right. Well, right. well, um, let's, um, let's board see who we're uh, rooming with and um, let's say in about half hour to 45 minutes we meet up in the uh, lounge for some tea and um, yeah we can keep our eyes out uh, or, or our eyes open basically and look at the crowd see who might stand out maybe if we can get the pieces off of him now we don't have to go through the process of a of a cleansing ritual in a hundred hours. Well, we still need the cleansing ritual. You know, we're taking it off of them, and we're coming back into contact with this thing. That's true. We also don't know if he's traveling alone either. That plus, we don't want to. Meanwhile, he might, you know, 
not worry about causing a lot of attention or drawing a lot of attention to himself. Um, we don't want to do that. We want to keep keep a, a low profile while we're here. Hmm. Kind of even if, even if we do figure out that that he is someone on the train, we should not necessarily act on it. Right. Well, wait. What happened? What about the other way around? What if he sees us? He, at this point, he thinks we're locked away up in the cell. What if he sees us on the train? True, but now if he sees us on the train, and he comes and he attacks us, well, then we're just defending ourselves. So, so we're not so trying. We, to, we, we should we should be prepared to thump whoever we're sharing a room with. You're saying, right? Um, at the same time, um, we're not. What I'm saying here is, if we do spot him, we shouldn't just go all out and attack him <laughs> and try to pry the pieces away from him. Uh, we should just continue to keep an eye out on him. Um, but if he attacks us, then we have witnesses on a train that says that, hey, this man attacked us and we defended ourselves. The, 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 the main point is we, we only have how long now? Yeah, I was going to ask that. Do, Tom, is there any way, do we know exactly what time we have until when? You don't really have an exact time, but you, you will have enough time to get there. Right. Unless, unless. Unless we're held up somewhere. Unless the train gets delayed for some reason. Like if somebody commits a murder on a train and it needs to stop for an investigation. So we're on a timetable. We don't want any sort of interruptions. That's all I'm saying. Well, assuming and I'm, and I'm, whole... I'm pretty sure, and I'm pretty sure he doesn't want any interruptions either, because he's racing against the clock as well. So I don't think that even if he does spot us, I don't think that he's going to outright attack us. Also, isn't there, isn't there something about taking on the shape of somebody but having to kill them, or is that something I'm just coming up with. Um, yes, don't they, they need the skin in order to take on yeah, someone's... So they need, in order to mimic somebody, they needed to kill an individual. But I might be wrong about that. Assuming the time started it, we basically went through that whole ceremony and, and mess at around 2 o'clock in the morning, I think. Give or take. Right. Mm -hmm. So assuming that, we would have 100 hours from that point. Is that correct? Or probably less. But what, I'm, I'm just trying to figure out, like, do we have to be there by... Well, well, to, well, today's Tuesday. Do we have to be there by Wednesday at 6 a.m.? Um, we have... To, it's going to take us four days. Four days. Or just about. Right. Forty eight. We, we have about a hundred six. So we have ninety six hours to, to get where we're going. Right. Which gives us four, four hours, hours to find his shop and complete the ritual. 
I was kind of hoping that you wouldn't obsess over it because I told you I screwed up the time. <laughs> yeah. I imagine that it goes faster, like nonstop. So we'll have a few hours. You, you'll just, you should, you hopefully without delays, you'll just make it. Right. <laughs> How could you? You only have 100 hours to live, but don't worry about the time. <laughs> well, I'm just saying don't call me on the carpet for uh, okay. exact numbers here. Maybe it's just an estimate. <laughs> <laughs> the great old ones don't work in exacts. They work they in... They don't know what uh, hours They just kind of... Whatever. 100 hours, 150 hours, it's somewhere. Oh, no, do we have to factor in different like time zones, too? <laughs> Well, there's a lot of different types of time. Oh no! Well, you could you it's could all detailed in those special books. Desperately to find one of those those other books and learn how to stop time and reverse it for a bit to give yourself a bit more time. Oh, whatever. Can I also clarify one other thing? The, this train that we're on, um, it, it's a car. Is what you're saying, right? We're in one particular car, and that car is. Going all the way. That's correct. And on this car, how many rooms would there be? Is, isn't there only like eight rooms or something like that? I'm trying to get a, a stand. There are nine rooms. Nine rooms. And uh, there, are, there are 15 berths. Okay. Um, Birth one and two are in one room, and then there's the next room is three and four, and those four share one bathroom in the middle. So you got two people, a bathroom, and two people, and then you've got five and six bathroom, seven and eight, and they share that bathroom, and then you've got nine and ten, a bathroom, eleven and twelve, and then thirteen, fourteen, fifteen, and sixteen are big rooms. But those were already taken. Those are single, single births. They're suites. And then there's a little tiny room at the end for uh, the uh, the conductor. Thirteen, fourteen, fifteen on the big rooms. Mm -hmm. And those were booked well in advance. Are we are we alone at the moment? Well, you're surrounded by hundreds of people. All right, never mind. I'm not gonna say all that. Of which, all of which looks suspicious. <laughs> all right, so you're heading towards the train. Um, the. Uh, is he called a conductor? I guess he's a conductor. Um, uh, the uh, maybe he's the chef to train. Anyways, uh, he's standing there. Uh, you you get kind of in a little line. You step forward. Uh, he gives you a big smile. He's in his little blue and gold uniform. Uh, he takes your tickets and he basically uh, he explains to you where you're going to be. Um, uh, uh, and it's it's like this, Frank. You are in uh, you are in the first room. You are in bunk uh, two, the lower bunk. Okay, they all of the bunks are numbered 
one, two, three, four, five, six, up, low, up, down, like that. So, Frank, you were in the lower bunk of the first room. Okay. Uh, Eldridge, you were in the lower bunk of the second room, so you're in uh, four. Uh, Dr. Dawkins, you were in six. And uh, Dr. Elizabeth, you were in eight. So, uh, Dr. Elizabeth and Dr. Dawkins, though you're in different rooms, you will have the same bathroom. Frank and Eldridge, you will have the same bathroom. Now, there's something that I, I, I didn't really realize before, but the way the bathrooms work in the Calais, uh, in the, the way the train is designed is you are asked by the staff to keep your bathroom door locked. Okay. The reason why is when you unlock your bathroom door, the other bathroom door locks. That way nobody from the other room can walk in on you accidentally. Okay. So once you lock your door, then if they want to come in, their door will unlock. So they won't both unlock at the same time. Does that make sense? Uh -huh. Yes. Okay. Wait, no. That means we're never safe in the bathroom. Somebody can always get in. They could get in from your side. If okay. you lock, if if you if you step into the bathroom, and you lock, let's say you step into the bathroom and you lock the door, okay, nobody can open that door except you. And you can only open the one that you can get into your room. Nobody on the other in the other room can lock, unlock that door. So you're saying to start, they're both unlocked. You open one, you go inside, you close it, you lock it, and then the other one, or 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 you un. No, <laughs> yeah, okay. something started this one. They're okay. both locked. Okay. You have a they're key both locked, and only one can unlock at a time. Okay. If this one gets unlocked, this one will not unlock. So it's kind of a thing so that nobody can be nobody can nobody can walk in on you in the other room. Okay. So they start off locked, we have we, we just we unlock it and we walk in. Right. The other one has a mechanism that won't They okay. ask you not they ask you to leave your bathroom door locked. That way the other people can use it. Okay. If you accidentally leave your bathroom unlocked, the other people will not be able to go to the bathroom. So if, say, for an example, I lock mine, their door to the lab, laboratory will be open. They'll be able they'll to unlock it. Or they'll be able to unlock it. Right. So basically, when they unlock their door, my door won't open. But you when I unlock my door, it, right. right, if I unlock mine, then they won't be able to. Okay, so basically, it's locked on both, but when you unlock it, the other door won't right. unlock. So that's that's what he's saying. All right. So uh, you guys have stepped onto the train. Uh, most of your baggage has been what whatever baggage you have left. When you got back to the apartment, your your rooms had been ransacked. You'd lost the simulacrum. You'd lost the scroll. You'd lost. They just trashed your rooms. So I don't know what you've got left. Or how much you're worried about your stuff? Well, um, did they take any of the books? 
I don't think they were interested. Okay. So you still have your stuff and uh, you guys are moved into your room. So uh, let's, let's do, um, or you, I assume you're going to go to your room and at least get situated. Yeah. Um, there are a lot of people on the train going back and forth. Everybody looks suspicious to you at this point. Any one of them on this train could be Mehmet Makriat. Um, okay, Frank. Uh, you come to your little door and you slide it open. And inside your room is a rather rotund man. Uh, he's dressed nicely and he is, um, he is putting some of his stuff away. He seems to have a lot of stuff. Um, he's got, uh, cologne bottles and, and, uh, he, 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 the door opens and he says, uh, he says, oh, uh, he says, uh, you must be my, uh, my roommate. Sir, how do you do? Hello, uh, uh, buona sera. Uh, uh, I am a Luigi uh, Martinelli. You have no doubt heard of me, yes? I'm sorry, I have not. Oh, you 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 don't like the opera, no? I've only been once, and it was a bad experience. So I've not been back since. Oh, that's uh, too bad. Uh, I am uh, I am an opera singer. Oh. I am uh, I am traveling uh, uh, actually to London. Uh, only on a, a, a short vacation. I'm actually going to be, uh, be, I am going to be performing at uh, La Scala in Milan. You've no doubt heard of this place, yes? Mm. says, yes, I'm going to be performing Rigoletto by Verdi, you know? Mm. You know Sorry. No? No, you don't? No? La donna mobile, you know this, no? Uh, tune rings the bell. Well, it's a very famous song, yes, and uh, I am uh, I'm going to be performing uh, the the role of Rigoletto, which is the the uh, the lead role. Uh, they've got uh, they've got uh, 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 Alberto de Baptista de Franco to play uh, uh, the the part of uh, uh, the Duke of Manan. Um, I do not know who my leading lady is going to be. I'm very very much hoping. That it will be uh, Caterina Cavallaro. Uh, I have uh, records of her singing, and she's got a beautiful voice. Yes. When I hear that name, I'm just cringing. She has a magnificent voice. Uh, uh, she's made me. You've, you've, uh, I'm sure you have probably heard of her. Anyway, um, <laughs> go ahead. <laughs> I just want to. I thought this particular train was going straight through the London. Yes, I'm going all the way to London. But you're stopping to sing in Milan? Oh, no, 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 no. I have a business in 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 London, and then I am coming back to Milan. The opera oh, doesn't. The opera doesn't. She doesn't start for like two months from now. Oh, okay. I misunderstood. Thought I was on the wrong train for a minute. Yes, that would have been horrible for me to go all the way to London and find out I am in the wrong country. 
Now, he's kind of a big fellow, so it's a little crampy in there with uh, with him. You mentioned cologne. Does he smell? Oh, yeah. yeah. It smells nice. You know, it's not overdone, but it doesn't smell like farts or anything in there. <laughs> <laughs> And he's well dressed. He's he's well groomed and all of that. But he's a diva. All right, room number two, um, Eldridge. Mm-hmm. Uh, you get to your room and uh, you slide open the door, and uh, the first thing that you're kind of hit with is you, the, the the train is normally kind of warm. Uh, but you notice there's that sort of refreshing cold air coming in the room because the window's been cracked open a little bit like this. And uh, there's a guy in a just sort of a modern suit uh, sitting there smoking a cigarette, but next to the window, so the smoke goes out. And uh, uh, he doesn't look like a, a, a wealthy person, but he doesn't look like a poor person either. Obviously, he wouldn't be a poor person on the train. And he's like, hey, how you doing? Hello. As I walk in and close the door. He's like, uh, I already put all my stuff away. I hope you don't mind. It's fine. I've only got a few bags. I begin putting my stuff away. He says, uh, Jack Gatling. I kind of look at his hand as I put a bag on the bed, and I kind of just lightly shake his hand and continue. He's got got kind of a a hearty grip. He's definitely got an American accent. Probably Boston. Oh, that's good. He's like, uh, so, were you on vacation out here? I nod. That's cool. That's 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 really interesting. I I um, I'm a, a columnist for uh, uh, the uh, the Boston uh, the Boston Tattler. You've probably heard of it. You probably uh, have. Uh, I well, it's I, I smile because I say uh, I actually I do know of it. I'm an editor. I frequently work with them. What? Well, then you should know who I am because I'm your I'm one of your foreign uh, correspondents. Yeah. Uh, I don't. I work freelance. I, I don't work specifically with uh, the newspaper. Oh, well, that's that's me too. You know, I'm I'm always looking for an angle. They got me over here just sort of touring around, seeing what kind of information I got. We got a lot of a lot of interesting people on the train this time. Um, I, I want to look at him because uh, because I do live in Boston and I, and I and I am an editor, so I would have worked with this uh, this newspaper. Um, I, I, I'm a journalistic editor, so do, do I do I recognize him at all? Do I recognize his name? Maybe, like, um, but you you kind of get the impression that he's like maybe a gossip columnist oh great digs up the dirt on people and you know should have gathered that from the angle i'm looking for an angle yeah not the part that you're really looking for i mean not the not the part of the newspaper you really read that much yeah um yeah we got we got quite a few uh interesting people you know we got an opera singer in this uh right over here and uh some other guy i don't know who the hell that is uh we got a um politician English politician guy, and uh, we got. Let's see, what else do we got in here? We got a a couple of count or a count and a and his wife and uh, a baron. There's a baron down there. There's a there's a freaking Japanese guy. I don't know what the fuck that's all about. I perk up when I hear the baron. 
because you know. But I don't say anything. I just I, I visibly kind of lift my eyes up from what I'm doing. I'm not looking at him. I'm 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 undoing my, my bag. Um, and I say, um, what are you writing about here in Constantinople? Well, I was just sort of looking around. You know, they're going through the transition where they're, they're switching from uh, uh, the uh, the Sultanate to uh, uh, they they went from the Sultanate to the British government. And now they're switching back to. Uh, know uh what's the hell's his name i always forget his name atatek and uh it's it's kind of interesting but i'm way more interested in you know who's who's fucking who i kind of just glance over at him um when i just look right back i'm i'm sorry i, I i'm from boston i got i got kind of a lot of my language is a little bit uh, raw I'm from Boston too. As I take my uh, my pajama pants and lay them on my bed, oh, uh, well, then you then you're used to it. Then yeah, not really. So uh, so what are you? What what sort of business? You you said you're uh, you you do some writing. Oh, I uh, I edit. Uh, I'm a correspondent with lots of newspapers, primarily in in Boston, London, and New York. I've actually traveled to Europe quite a, 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 a not not a lot, but a little bit. Well. <laughs> You kind of come across to me a little bit more like uh, somebody who'd write for the Boston Globe. Uh, uh, Tattle is a little bit more gossipy, I guess you'd say. I've heard. Uh, like I said, I, I only edit, so I'm looking not at the substance, but the words. I see. I see. That's cool. You're a good, cool guy. Yeah. We got to have some long conversations. Tell me about your vacation. Tell me about the things you saw. Uh. I look at him and say, I'm more of a listener than a talker. Oh, good, because I'm a talker. That's good. I kind of give a, 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 a smile. He says, you know, who knows what we got going on here on this train? There are so many crazy people on this train. Who knows? What can you tell me about uh, this English politician? Uh, what the hell's his name? Uh, I think that's... Uh, 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 Sir Robert Harrow. Har Harrow, that's it. Yeah, you know, I'm not so sure. He's, uh, he's got the credentials and everything, but he might be a bit of a poser. You've talked to him? Uh, no, but, uh, he's got kind of a reputation. Uh, oh. kind of a ladies' man. Then he sounds like the kind of guy that's right up your alley. Well... I don't know about that. I think he's got his nose in the clouds. Oh. You say there's a Japanese man on board. Yeah, I don't I, I saw him. I didn't I don't know what his name is or who he is. Uh I just thought that was kind of unusual, yeah. I mean we are in Eurasia. I'm sure that there are uh Chinese and Russian and Japanese. Yeah, to, to be honest, I don't know whether he's Japanese or Chinese or or any of those other those other th I have no idea, but he's you know, you can look in his face and you can tell that he's uh, Asian. I'm sure that you can. Asians are usually obviously Asian, right? And I kind of maybe give, maybe, give him an eye. maybe he's an Eskimo. I mean, who knows? <laughs> I kind of give him a look as I, as I fold up my clothes and, and, I, and I set it on the bed. 
And I, I'm, I'm pretty much done talking with him for a little while. All right. He's worn me out. <laughs> All right. Let's jump ahead to Dr. Dawkins. Um, Dr. Dawkins, you uh, open up your door, and uh, there is a rather tall man, um, well-dressed, um, uh, I uh, comes across as a very stiff, um, proper individual. Um, he is straightening his, his tie, looking in the mirror, and he's like, oh, hello. I will you know, take my hat and good day and I'll close the door and put my things away quite quietly and to myself. He says, um, Sir Robert Harrow. Doctor, he extends his hand. Dr. Theodore Dawkins. Ah, uh, doctor. That's that's very noble profession. You have a do you ever um, have any famous people that you've treated? Oh, I'm not that type of a doctor. I am a oh? biologist. A biologist. So you uh, you are attached to a university, perhaps Oxford? Or... Oxford, yes. Oxford, very good, very good, very good. Then you probably know Dean uh, Snowsberry. <laughs> Snowsberry? Never heard of the Snowsberry. Oh, it's his last name, you know. It's spelled Snalsberry, but it's pronounced Throat Wobbler Mangrove. I'm just going to keep using that joke until it's old. And, uh, <clears throat> sorry, your impression of this guy is snobby. Um, mm -hmm. <coughs> but um, do, do I get a, the a name dropper? I'm sorry. Do I get the impression that he's a quiet individual, or that he's somewhat? At first, all he wants to talk about is the people that he knows, and okay. the, the important people that he knows, and uh, and I'll then uh, I'll 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 let him do all the talking while I pack and. Um, as he's talking, I'll pull out a book and start reading while he's talking. Well, and, and, and as he's talking, his, his direction of conversation uh, takes an odd turn. Before you know it, he's talking about the ladies, uh, the ladies and what they, uh, you know, what, what uh, impresses them. And uh, there is quite a lovely lady next door. Um, I'd like to get to know her better. There's also a rather lovely Spanish woman down the down the hall. I'd really like to get to know her, and it goes on and on about that. Well, I will say, sir, you look like a man that comes from uh, old money, and the main thing that women tend to be interested in is men with money. So and power. Yes, I I have I have at one time held a peerage, but uh, you know the way that goes. Well, um, you shouldn't be here trying to impress me with, with all of your, you know, uh, well, your experiences. Why not? I certainly, why I not certainly try, feel. Why not try the, the young lady next door? And if she's not there, go down and speak to the young Spanish lady. 
I, I certainly feel safer now that I know that I'm on board with a doctor in my room. Mm -hmm. I believe that. that. Okay, go ahead. And, and I'll just, I mean, I guess if he's walking out, I'll say good hunting and I'll close the door. I'm walking. Oh, well, he's not walking out. Oh, damn it. I'll have to put up with his, uh, his... He's primping a little bit too much, maybe. Oh, he's scared. And he's still settling in. Um, all right, Dr. Elizabeth. Um, you get to your room, and there is a rather uh, uh, lovely uh, young woman. Um, she looks like, you know, maybe in her early 30s. And uh, she's dressed in a nice white um, dress with a little hat on. And... Um, She's sitting, she's already had, she's got all of her stuff put away. The room is nice and neat. Um, she's sitting next to the window. And uh, when she sees you open the door, she immediately stands up and she says, hello. Hello, how do you do? She says, Elaine Constanza. Ah, oh, uh, Elizabeth Keith. Ah, oh, Elizabeth Keith. Um, that's, uh, it's very nice, please. Uh, uh, I guess we're going to be roomies for a while. It would seem that way. You're for London, I take it. Uh, yes, yes. Jolly good. Um, I, th I, I believe I'm, I'm the bottom bunk. Then. Oh yes, you have the bottom bunk. That's that's probably more comfortable for you, anyways. Yes, yes, it certainly is. Um, I'll I'll just um, stow my uh, my luggage neatly as possible. Is this your your first time on the Orient Express? No, this is a, a return trip. I'm just um, I'm, I'm I'm coming to the end of my uh, my grand tour, as I believe used to call it. Ah, that's that's lovely. Yes, I'm 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 kind of heading back to London myself for the same reasons. Yeah, you've been out inspecting the 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 great tour, uh, the great treasures of the old world. Oh well, and I've I've uh, you see, I'm I'm employed as a as a, a translator, a linguist. Oh, I see. So I've I've had some business here in uh, in Constantinople. Are you, uh, do you but, translate Turkish or? Uh... Uh, well, I do French, German, Spanish, and. Uh, I'm fair in Turkish, but uh, that's the one that I'm working on the, the most right now. Ah, my, my taste, I must ad admit, um, is confined largely to the dead languages. Really? Like, what do you do? Um, I, I'm, uh, I'm a historian. Oh my goodness, that's very interesting. Uh, so what, Greek and Latin? Um, pr primarily Latin, although although I'm, um, I think on, on my return home, I'm I'm probably going to be uh, uh, availing of my, myself of some lessons in uh, in ancient Arabic. My goodness, a little project so, I have. Planned. We could have all sorts of conversations in all sorts of different languages and uh, not understand a word that each of us is saying. Quite so. Well, I think this is going to be a lovely trip. Yes, let's hope it's um, relatively uneventful. I'm not in the, in the mood for drama. I do tend to get held up at these border crossings and so forth. 
Oh, well, let's hope there's none of that. So, you guys settle in, and um, let's say you set takes you maybe forty minutes to settle all your stuff in and get going. And the train leaves at promptly four thirty and starts heading back around Constantinople and heading up into Europe. Um, you will be traveling uh from uh, Constantinople uh the first place where you're going to be stopping will be uh well there'll be little stops along the way you know to uh inspect uh what do we call passports and stuff like that? Um, but you should arrive sometime uh, the next day in uh, uh, Sofia. But it's still early. It's only about five o'clock, five thirty. What would you guys like to do? like to stay muted <laughs> um i i've um i'm tempted to start knitting but um i'm too anxious i thought it might calm me down i might enjoy the scenery for a little while okay. and um once once it gets to about um six o'clock or thereabouts um then I, I might um trundle along to the uh to the um the bar. The cocktail carriage. Yeah. Or dinner dinner will be served. Well I'll have a I'll have a little pre dinner cocktail. I assume we're dressing for dinner. Yeah. It's the Orange Express after all. So how about the rest of you? What are you guys doing up until dinner? I mean, it was my assumption that we were going to be in the lounge after we get uh, kind of prepared. So I'm going to be in the oh, lounge. Was it the lounge? Sorry, I thought it was the bar. Sorry. Or is in the lounge? I'm pretty sure. Salon, or whatever they call it. Um, okay, so you guys are all in the lounge. Uh, what would you like to do while you're in the lounge? Uh, you look around. You see some of the other people. Jack Gatling has kind of attached himself to you, at least in some part. And uh, he keeps pointing people out to you. He's like, that's uh, that's LaDonna Margarita del Garda. She's the, the Spanish lady. And uh, that, that over there is uh, Lord Michael Margrave. Uh, he's the Baron of Blackpool. There's uh, uh, Kurt Groening over there. He's, uh, he's a German industrialist. You've got uh, the Count and Countessa uh, Matthew, Henry Matthew and Emmanuela Matthew, Amumu Haddad, an Egyptian scholar, and finally you've got Hiroshi Nakamura, businessman. All right, so you guys are, are drinking and um, 
I'll let you, you, you sort of notice that um, very few people would like to talk to Jack. Okay, especially the aristocrats won't have anything to do with them. Really? It's nice that they've um, decided to lay on a band. <laughs> Playing weird music. Um, Are they playing 1960s lounge music? Uh, that's and what, what that And is. what is 1960s lounge music? I've never heard these words before. <laughs> so you're in the news. You're in the. Uh, you're in the salon, and you're having drinks, and a couple dynamics that you see going on. You see that. Uh, 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 Lord and, uh, I'm sorry, uh, uh, Count and Contessa, uh, Matthew, uh, they seem like a very proper couple. Um, he's a lot older than she is. Um, you might notice that, uh, Kurt Gronig, the, the German industrialist, Keeps glancing over at Mrs. Uh, Mrs. Matthew, Countessa. Um, you notice, oddly enough, something between the rather uh, large mustached uh, Baron Margrave and perhaps the beautiful LaDonna Margarita del Garda uh, that might be going on. You also notice Jack noticing all of these things. Um, the, the Japanese fellow, he just sits quietly, sips some tea and seems not really paying close attention to anything. Very, very reserved. Um, you notice, uh, Robert Haro, Sir Robert Haro, uh, Dr. Dawkins bunkmate, uh, is a little inappropriate. He keeps trying to talk to Elena Constanza, and she's not really interested, but he's kind of freaking insistent on talking to her and trying to charm her. So that's sort of what's going on in this room. What would you guys, you guys want to talk? Do you guys want to do something? Well, um, what what are our uh, first impressions of the the people we're uh, we're sharing rooms with? I don't know what what impressions did you sort of get. I was I was asking the others. Oh, I'm sorry. <laughs> by, by way of starting a talking point, <laughs> in, in an immensely subtle manner. Um, <laughs> None of them reacted in any way to us being there no, my, mine was mine was um perfectly friendly and and and, and rather rather normal mine wouldn't stop talking mine's is so full of himself well you can you can tell who that is and i point over the, 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 the rather loud gentleman who's trying to gain the attention of that young lady. Of course, yes. it could be. 
He could be anyone. That one young lady reminds me of somebody. She's, she's very familiar. Hmm. Yeah. Was that is that like deja vu where you think you recognize somebody? But yeah, I, I'll I'll ask you, friend. Does, does she look familiar to you? Can't. She looks familiar, but I don't recognize her name. I don't recognize the name either. But... Hmm. Hmm. I'm just. What do you guys think of? I don't expect it's going to be easy here. Um, accents. Do you think? Akriat could pull off any sort of accent? Because we've got quite a few different varying accents. I mean, if he has the ability to change his form, I don't see why he doesn't have the ability to change his voice and accent. And this may... It could be part of the, 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 um, the simulacrum might do that for you anyway. Yeah. Also, how about this, though? Um... Seems like everybody is doing everything that I guess normal people would do. Except for that one gentleman, and I point to the Japanese gentleman. I mean, perhaps that, that is normal, just to be by yourself and drinking tea, but like I said, we wanted to keep a low profile. We have we're we're set on a timetable. Well, perhaps he doesn't speak English. That could be the case as well. Well, what I'm saying here is all these other people are sort of drawing attention to themselves one way or the other. But it's something that they're, they probably would normally do. So it doesn't seem like they're drawing attention to themselves. To them. This young, or this, this gentleman here might be normal for him to sit alone quietly. Or could be trying to keep his head down and avoid any sort of conflict. Because he's on the same tidy table as we are. I don't know. I, you know, at this point, I can't trust anything. Did all these people come out to the lounge with us? At, I mean, at some point or other, not necessarily with us exactly. But... At varying times, yeah. In, in other words, nobody's hiding in their cabin. No. Cabins are kind of cramped anyway. I mean, they're they're not cramped, but they're boring. Well, yeah, nobody's hiding in their cabin. Of course, the, there's another possibility as well. There's the, the, I mean, if he's got the, the simulacrum and he can take on anyone's um, appearance, he, he could be one of the staff. Hmm. He could be literally anyone. What if he's not even on board? You think he might have? Well, how else might he get back? Do they? Do they? Are there planes that fly? I'm, I'm thinking Rupert was a pilot. I mean, maybe he chartered a plane. Maybe that's what we should have done. I don't know. I mean. Plane, especially now, you have to make stops for gas. That take time. Awfully dangerous as well, you know. 
Yeah, this train is a is nonstop. We, we we reach a stop and then they just take our train, our our car, and connect it, and then we keep going. It's also the dead of winter. Oh yeah, planes. Uh, at least at this time, they wouldn't be flying right now. Because of uh, oh my god, well weather itself would be. But yeah, the, the weather, and then I think it's air pressure. They didn't have uh, well, the temperature rain. itself might be a problem too. Yeah. Well, my first thought is, I'm I'm assuming we're somewhat we're able to talk amongst ourselves, right? Without. There's enough din and noise going on that, yeah, you know, if you lean over yeah. and you talk, nobody can hear you probably. I, th I think my first concern is just getting through tonight. One of these people is a madman who wants to kill us. I wonder if there's any way we can talk anybody into switching rooms. Well, I, I, I think I'll, I'll be opting out of that um, because obviously uh, I have to share a room with a young lady. I mean, there's there. If I am I correct to say there's there's ten strangers on this train with us, right, Tom? Well, there's there's ten in your car. Yeah, there's ten in our car. There's other cars. <laughs> well, but this is the, but this is the only car that's going directly to. Uh, this is the only one that's going all the way through. Yeah. So if there's if there's ten people, there is a quarter of a chance that Mamet is in one of our rooms. Actually, I, I, I'm not correcting what you just said, but I'm, I'm correcting what I just said. The, the assumption is is that the people on your car are going all the way through. Thus, they don't have to change rooms there are there are probably people in other parts of the train that are going all the way through but those rooms are the kind where if they did get off in paris then they could rent that room to somebody else you know they're not expecting those rooms to be held all the way through but they might be they could be i see you so Actually, I take anyone it, on the train. <laughs> I take it back again, because when the Orient Express gets to Paris, the Calais car is attached to another train that takes it to Calais. So the Orient doesn't go all the way to Calais. Most of the train doesn't. Just the Calais car. So these people were, are going to where you are, London. So it could be anyone in this carriage. <laughs> could still be anyone on the train. Or train. Oh, God. Or anyone who gets on at another stop along the way, having flown there previously in a chartered aeroplane. In the middle of winter. And then having to stop because of the weather and get the train. <sighs> okay. Or who drove their car to Sophia and then picked up the train in Sophia. Now, or I mean, te <laughs> technically, we, we could 
and this this may seem far fetched, um, but we I think we should just um, we should just operate under the assumption that anyone we talk to is 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 him potentially. We must be very very cautious. You may say too cautious, but I I I I think he's a very dangerous man. And we 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 should take precautions to to check in with each other. If if there's a a danger that we might be sharing a a room with uh, with this man, we should we should take precautions. As you know, he could he could potentially kill and and replace one of us or one of the other passengers. It might not be the same passenger all the way through. He could come on as one passenger, bump off another passenger, take on their form. You're not helping, Dr. Keith. Well, I say we commandeer the the engine and um, stick everyone, including the engine driver and the coal man, in the back. Um, dump the train and just the three of us set off for Calais um, so the one like, in a, in a, you, you, like in an hilarious um, picture show yes um, that way ensuring that only we get to Calais I don't know Dr. Keith I have one thing to oh. ask you do you know how is that me is, is is what you know, what? I just Mick just dropped mid sentence. Is oh. that or is that just me? No, I think that was just you. Does somebody have a printer going? I think it's my fan. Oh. I can turn it off. Let me turn it off. You keep going, I'm still listening. <laughs> the bomb. Don't fake the sound. <laughs> was that the sound you meant? Yes. Because <laughs> yeah, I was I was wondering whether that was my headphones. Is it gone? Yes. There we go. So it's the fan. Is it? No, it's there. Then it's not me. It's not the fan. It's not Wayne. He's muted. Let me mute. Is it me? I don't know. Is it, uh, uh, let's just do it one by one. Okay, this is me. Listen to me. Any any clicking? Shake your heads, yes or no? Yeah, well, we can hear your voice, so you're. I know. I can hear it. You can hear the clicking. Mm -hmm. Yep. Okay, let me mute. It's gone. It's you. I don't know what it is. No idea what it is. It sounds like um, a Newton's cradle and some yeah. static. Yeah. Yeah. Is there a Newton's cradle <laughs> and a TV detuned to, to static in the room with you? No, we don't hear anything now because it's... Is there room. a metronome in the room? 
I heard it coming from my headphones on here, and I was muted. Well, it's also when you talk, we hear a sound. Could be. It could just be my internal microphone. Okay, whatever. Just ignore the metronome in the background. and You've got an internal microphone. I mean, I have a... Well, you, you have all, all microphones in the computer are internal and laptops. I have an external one, but I'm too lazy to go out to the car and get it. So, it's approaching Sorry, dinner. I'm being transfixed by that sound. Sorry. <laughs> Sorry. All right, now it's time for you to go to dinner. <laughs> um, any objections? We're going to go to dinner. No. Um. Uh, you guys sit down uh, at at your table. You can all sit together. Um, Gatling is also at your table because he wants to be, and uh, nobody wants to be rude. Um, they uh, they bring out you know a carafe of water. They bring out uh, food. Uh, they have you know wine if you want to drink it. Stuff like that. Um, uh, more intoxicating food. The, the food's, of course, delicious as it always is. Um, any requests? Anything you guys want to do while you're eating? Um, I, I will try as best I can to ignore Mr. Gantling. Well, he's kind of ignoring. He's in part. He's ignoring you. He keeps looking over at uh, at uh, the Baron, and uh, uh, he, he confides in you. He says, "I think there's something going on there. I think maybe that." Uh, that uh, that that guy over there, the the German fellow, there's something going on between him and uh, and the Baroness and the and the, the Countessa. Maybe behind the the Count's back. I just got an inkling. Just got an inkling. I'm just wondering whether whether. Should, should I be sitting at a table with my traveling companions, or would it be better etiquette to be sitting at the table with, with the woman, the single woman with whom I'm sharing a, a cabin? You can always invite other people to your table. It's one of those magical expanding tables that expands depending on how many people you know. I'm joking. Yes, I don't. I don't feel in, in really inclined to to invite her to the table if um, a chap like Gatling is uh, is there. So I'll, I'll I'll leave that for now. Um, perhaps next time we dine, we could um, invite a, a couple of people to join us in the hopes of filling the table, and. Um, Having a conversation, yes, and, and, and having having a, a, a better standard of company. Well, I would like. I would like it's kind of unusual. I'd like you to describe the mundane part of your your meal. I mean, what do you do? 
let's say the meal in this case is steak and potatoes, or you say potatoes and vegetables, but very nice steak, potato, and you know what I mean. High quality. Yep, you have you have, uh, and of course you can have dessert at the end and coffee and. Probably wind up with a Konya, is what I would imagine. Well, um, we can't discuss it openly because there's um, okay. a, a, a stranger um, at the table. Who likes writing stories about things that are going on. Yes. Uh, well, I, I would suppose, like... I suppose really that I'm I'm going to be spending the the, the majority of my time quietly people watching, not as not as flamboyantly as um, Gatling is, but just observing the goings on of the room. Okay. I doubt oh, very I'm... much that he that uh, would um, attempt to um, draw attention to himself in any way. I would like all of you to do a constitution roll. Three. Um, 35 out of 45. Okay. Hard success. Okay. Doc? 87. Failure. Okay. Mm -hmm. Uh, um, as you're, as you are eating, uh, you notice some discomfort in, uh, your your left leg, um, up kind of on the top of the calf, it feels like horse? well, more like a like the skin itself is burning a little bit, uh, wow. like you've 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 rubbed it raw. Doing my top leg. You're right on the top of your thigh. Yeah. It just sort of feels odd. It's got that sort of burning sensation. I will, I guess, rub my leg. Okay. Now, I feel that, like a lump or something like that, like maybe a, a red movie or something. Well, it. I don't know. There's something. There's something that that hurts on your leg, and you're not really sure. You can't like drop your trowel right now and oh. and check, but you can later. No, I mean the last time something was burning up on my leg, it was. Like, I mean that. I mean, it feels like a burning. It doesn't feel like heat burning. It just feels like something is, like, like stretched or tight or or uh, uncomfortable about your leg. Um. About an hour into the meal, um. You suddenly notice Gatling uh, has a starts to get sort of a little bit of a distressed look on his face. 
like uh, he's not feeling too good. And uh, uh, it, it gets progressively worse after for maybe 10 minutes or so. You can see that he's he's trying to be his normal, annoy, annoying sort of self, but there's something bothering him. And it, it, finally, after 10 or 15 minutes or so, he says, uh, yeah, excuse me, I, I, I have to go, uh, I have to go uh, relieve myself. And uh, he, leave, he gets up and leaves. Hmm. This was, uh, this is Gatling, you said? Yeah. I will look to the others and um, well, before, as he's leaving, does he seem to be favoring a particular part of his body or rubbing at it as if it's... He, he has that sort of greenish pale look to his face like he's going to be sick. Hmm. You've, okay. yeah, I mean, I keep thinking that you're a doctor, doctor. It's like... Uh, I you mean, can I tell that that's you can tell that that's the, the problem. He looks like he's nauseous. Okay. Nauseated. I mean, yeah, I do have medicine, but I mean, I'm not like a physician or anything like that. Right. But I, do my, I do know my way around anatomy and physiology and microbiology and things like that. So, and a bit of chemistry. So, you know, I'm no stranger to these things. It's just I'm not. Don't don't ask me to to do surgery. Well, I guess you can ask me with my uh, my little tool, but um, uh, a few minutes later, um, one of the uh, one of the waiting staff he uh, he comes up and uh, he says, uh, "Madame, Monsieur, um, uh, Monsieur Gatling is not feeling well." Uh, and he he thinks that it's uh, it might have something to do with the food. Um, we're extremely distressed at this. That uh, that uh, are you all feeling okay? I'll look to the others. I'm uh, I'm not going to mention it about my leg because okay. it would be something else if it was like a stomach thing. But I'm feeling perfectly well. Okay. Okay. Um, in this case, I need you guys all to do a luck roll. Fail hard. I got a twenty-two out of uh, forty-five, so I pass. Okay. Pass. Oh, forty-four out of forty-seven. Cool. Um, Eldridge, um, you've started to notice, too, that your stomach feels a little leapy. You've been kind of suppressing it, but now that he says that, you're starting to feel like a, like almost like a, you've got a stomach virus or something. Um, is it bad enough that I, have to, that I have to excuse myself? It's getting there. Um. I stand up and, and I say, I, I do feel a little ill, actually. My stomach is giving me some issue. It could have just been something I ate 
um, or lack thereof. I would like you to do an idea roll. Okie dokie. I'm going to kind of force something on you, but... Okay, that's uh, 59 out of 70. I passed. Okay. Early on in the meal, um, you're using your deductive reasoning. Early on in the meal, Gatling poured himself a glass of water from that carafe. You poured yourself a glass of water maybe 15 or 20 minutes later. Nobody else did that. Everybody else was drinking wine or, or something else. Or some people drinking bottled water, mineral water. Um, but you're the only two that drank from the carafe. I don't know how, I could, how I'd be able to tell if it was poisoned or not. Because I don't want to cause a panic. But at the same time, I don't want to be like, that's poison. Like, well, like, like, it's not at this crazy. point, you're probably getting ready to run to the bathroom. <laughs> All right. Well, I'm getting ready to run to the bathroom. So excuse me, gentlemen. Um, don't drink that. <laughs> and, I, uh, and I run to the bathroom. And I do. I, I, may, I say don't drink that. And I point to the, uh, the pitcher. Or not the pitcher, the uh, bowl. Um, the, the, the waiter uh, looks at you, and he looks at the carafe. And he, he asks you, he said, did you order... A carafe of water. Uh, I nod and I, I, I leave. I, I, like I'm like I'm sorry. I have to. I have to go. Okay, you're you're going, but you actually didn't order. Oh, I didn't order. Nobody ordered a carafe of water. Oh, you're saying that it was just it was just brought out for right. no reason at all. Okay, so and, I say no. And at this point, the waiter gets the. Uh, uh, the the guy who's in charge what the hell's his name the shifter Bergam or anyways uh he comes over you've you've run off and uh he's this is you know the staff of the the orient express he's like uh we don't understand he says if you didn't order a carafe of water we wouldn't have brought you one most people like to drink mineral water or or anything like that so how did you know how did this get here on the table um uh he immediately takes it away uh, he says we're going to immediately investigate and see what's going on here and how this how this could have happened okay. want to do anything? i'm in the bathroom am i puking is that what is that what's happening so yeah you're, to get start, the... you're starting to get a little pukey Okay. Go ahead, go ahead and do a luck roll for me. Uh, no problem. I can do that. All right. 27. What's my luck? 30. Okay. I passed. All, All right. right. Just barely. You, you, you vomit profusely, but you feel better after you've thrown up. So it's safe to assume that it was poison. Mm. Maybe. I mean, what water doesn't just make you sick? You can you can assume anything you'd like to assume. <laughs> I'm, gonna, I'm going to assume that it was poison because water just just doesn't make you sick. I mean, purified water on on a luxury uh, liner does just not doesn't just make you sick. Well, so. and quite honestly, people drink even at this time they drink bottled water. So 
yeah, regular water is can be kind of dangerous. Well, well, that's good. Why did I... Considering too that you would have gotten that water in Constantinople. Well, damn it! Why did I drink from it? <laughs> you weren't even thinking. That's good. I'm glad that I. I'm so out of it. I I, I didn't know that I was drinking dirty ass water. Okay, you're kind of sharing the bathroom now with uh, with Gatling. You're both, I mean, you, you, you've thrown up, you feel a little better. He's not throwing up as well, but uh, he's wanting to lie down because he's not feeling well from whatever it was. Um, do I feel well enough to take him to his room? You have the same room. Oh, oh. I forgot, it's Jack. Yeah. I thought it, for some reason, I thought it was the Baron. I don't know why. No. All right. Well, then, uh, let's stay in the room. I I'm going to let him have the bathroom. He can have the bathroom. If I'm feeling well enough, I'm just going to lie down. Okay. You're feeling a lot better. Okay. I, I still don't really... I I'm imagining that my, my constitution is like, I just vomited, and I hate vomiting. So I'm going to lie down and be a baby. Okay. Um... Does anybody else want to do anything? I'll go in and I'll check on um, Eldridge and see if I can um, prescribe. I would imagine I would at least take my my med medical equipment. Okay. Not the, not the new medical equipment, but right. I understand. Yeah, I'm, I'm going to see if I can um, prescribe something for him that might ease his. Uh, him and his his uh his roommate. I'll 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 basically be checking up on them. Okay. Um. Okay. So I, I I'll I'll invite him in. And uh, I, I'm laying on the the lower bed. So. Okay. Uh, he he takes a look at you both. It looks like whatever it was is hitting uh, uh Gatling harder. Then it hit you. He had it in his stomach longer, maybe. Um, uh, Doc, uh, do you have medical? Can you do a medical role? I got a 29 out of 50. That's pretty good. I'm going to say that there's definitely signs in his face of uh, poisoning of some kind. His his eyes are, uh, his pupils are dilated, and uh, it looks like it was really mild. It's not like, it, 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 if, if it had stayed in his stomach longer, it might have killed him. But you're not sure exactly what it is. It, the symptoms could have been a number of different things. Uh, Eldridge and Gatling both tell you that they couldn't taste anything in the water. Um, I'm going to, uh, I'm going uh, to whisper in Dawkins' ear, um, this had to be a met. He has to know that we're here. Well, I'm not. Um, and, um, your room is what? Right next to mine, right? I think it's, it's next to, it's, 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 uh, I'm to the... I'm to the left of you, and I'm to the right of Frank. Okay. All right. So um, I'm in. I'm just going to be in the next room, um, and I'll check on you per periodically. 
Um, I'll go back to the, the rest of the folks. I'll, I'll uh, bring you up to speed. And I will say now we have to be careful what we eat and drink, even water. Um, even the water would be, uh, wouldn't be safe to drink. I'm wondering though, it depends on uh, the chemical compound of the poison. Do you want to do some sort of uh, analysis? Sure. Um, you could actually, it's gross, but you could analyze the vomit, some of it. Sure. Uh, do a chemistry roll? Sure. I got a 17 out of 70. That's really good. You detect traces of antimony. Antimony. It's, okay. a, it's a poison that's both colorless and odorless. And... Uh, oh. In large quantities, it will kill you. Iodine powder. Yeah. Okay. Um, hmm. But it's a, is it plant-based? I don't know the answer to that. Okay. Feel free to look it up. <laughs> All right. I know if it was protein-based. No, antimony is an element. It's one of the, it's on the periodic table. Oh, so it's not even, huh? Like arsenic. Oh, okay. Okay. Well, then never mind. Wow. All right. So, yeah, I will. Uh, so, wow, you can only go about, what, three days without drinking water. You go. A while without eating, but we need water. Right, um, so. like I said, there's bottled water on board. It the 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 ship to turn says that um, it's really unusual that somebody would have brought you a carafe of water, hmm. unless you absolutely requested it. Okay. Well, I'll just let you guys know to be careful what you eat and drink. And I've lost my appetite for anything on this train. And I'm, gonna go to my, and I'm gonna go to my room. And I'm gonna be every, I'd say about every half hour, I'll check on Eldritch and his, uh, his companion. Okay. Um, when you get back to your room, you have the opportunity to check your leg. All right. Yep. And there's no other way to describe it except that the skin on the top of your thigh, the front and end of your thigh, is really tight. It's like the skin is stretched really tight, almost shiny tight. Mm. And it's it it it's un really uncomfortable when you touch it and it and it burns. Mm. But you're not sure why. I probably wouldn't have any sort of ointments or anything like that. But Maybe. What, should I do a luck roll or something? No, you know, you, yeah, I, 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 you got some medical stuff in there. All right, so I'll try to apply something. If it's if it's a burning sensation, I'll try to 
I'll buy something that will uh, sort of give a you know sort of cooling cool, pulls it off a little bit. Yeah, okay, that 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 may work. You're not sure if it's really working, but the skin remains kind of tight. Okay. Do I see any? I mean, you said it was just shiny. Is it discolored? A little bit. It's kind of pale because it's it's stretched so tight, and you get. The more you think about it, the worse you start to think about maybe it's going to split. And then I think about our time in that uh, cemetery. So somebody's working some sort of mind magic on me, perhaps. Or maybe some, doing some real physical magic. Hmm. What are the rest of you doing at this point? You're still at the table? I was going to ask, did we notice, um, did the craft just appear? Like, was there a certain table? Did we notice a waiter bringing it? Um, we had the same waiter the whole night? If you think that it might have been there, you, you're not sure whether it was there when you sat down at the table or whether it was brought while they were bringing you the food. But that might have been the case. That it was probably brought when they were bringing something else out, the bottles or the plates or something. And you're not sure exactly who did it. But it's very likely was one of the waiters. I'm thinking actually we question waiters mm. and find see if we can find out who who had access to our table. Yes, I think that's a very good idea. Okay. Uh, um so we'll say that there were three waiters in that room at the time, and there was also the, the chef de train, um, kind of the major D. I think that's might be getting these names all wrong. Wait a second. Uh, the chef de brigade. Chef is chief, the chief of brigade, whatever that is. Um, and there would have been some waitings, waiters, three three waiters. What would you like? What, how do you want to handle this? First of all, I guess, do we did Dr. Dawkins share that we know that it's poison now, or was that just something he was doing back in the room? He didn't say that he came back out to where you were, so. Okay, so we don't even actually, know. No, actually, I did. I said I was going to go out and let them, everybody, bring everybody up to speed. Okay. Okay. Let them know what was going on. All right, so you all know. Yeah, now I was going to return back to my room. Um, I'm, I checked my leg, but my, my intention is to stay close by to um, Eldridge and his companion. Uh, well, the chef de brigade, um, the guy who's in charge there, William Kendall is his name. Um, uh, he's very distressed that this sort of thing happened, and he's launched his own little investigation. Um he tells you that apparently uh, there was a small note uh, with the carafe 
that identified which table to put it on. The waiter says that it wasn't there uh, when they began, but uh, there were people coming in and out of the kitchen. Uh, he didn't notice anybody that wasn't supposed to be there, but the 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 carafe was delivered because there was a, a request for it. And there was none on any other table. So somebody must have left it there. Do you tell him that, that it was poisoned? That That's what I was thinking. Okay. Well, at this point, Frank's very upset about everything. And just to learn the fact now that we can't even eat or drink, trust the food. Well, um, uh, Mr. Kendall, the chef de Brigand says, uh, um uh, uh i will i will do whatever you request if you want me to get the police at our next stop and have them come on board um uh to be quite honest with you because i realize you're you're basically telling me that somebody on the train tried to poison you um i'd rather deal with the police farther in like in Italy than the ones in the body you know this part of the country just because a little more primitive and a little more violent and I'll I'll say I'm not necessarily looking to get the police involved either I mean at this point there's probably no evidence um that would hold up anywhere, but just so that you're aware and the waiter is aware that someone just tried to kill us. So maybe well, just tighten down security in the area, only bring us bottled water, precautions, that sort of thing. Yes, and if there's anything that else I can do, any way I can make it up to you, I realize I, I'm, I'm horrified that this has happened. Okay. Yep. Is there anything else? No, you guys are still out there. What else do you want to do? Who else was at that table? Was uh, that just, all of just us? The four, the four of you and Gatling. So I'll lean to whoever's with us and say, well, then it probably wasn't Gatling. Or was it? I mean, surely if he really wanted to make us think it wasn't him, he might go to the lengths of poisoning himself with something, knowing that he um, would recover. And he has rather done all he can to ingratiate himself into our company. Hmm. Why else? We're, we're not famous or noteworthy. Why would he be in, even remotely interested in us? <clears throat> Yeah, okay. Trust no one. So are you guys going to take a little bit more time and lounge there and drink and maybe go back to the salon? Or are you going to go to bed? It's still fairly early. Well, I, I think I, I might... Um, uh, <clears throat> My uh, my my roommate, 
um, primarily just to um, to see whether she's being left alone by that awful politician fellow. Okay. She might need saving. I have to go and intervene. Well, in fact, when you when you get back, are you? You said you were going to your uh, cabin. Uh, well, no, I'm just going to see where she is. Whether oh, she's I see. Here um, or, or in the cabin. Uh, you can see that she's trying to ignore the guy, and he keeps finding excuses to come over and speak with her, and she's just, you know, please leave. <laughs> So you're walking in on that. You're, you're yes, I, I, shall, I shall go and um, have a have a little chat. Oh, hello, Doctor Elizabeth. Why don't hello, you? Hello, my me? dear. How are you? How are you? And he's like, he he looks at you and then he just sort of walks away, rudely. She says, "Please, please join me." She says, "My God, that man is tenacious." Yes, he seems so. Has he been bothering you long? He hasn't stopped, home. really. He hasn't stopped since we, we got since he first saw me. I guess he seems yeah. right. Like he's he's quite a. He likes to throw the names around, doesn't he? Seems like a dreadful fellow. I'm not so sure. Half the things that he said, I'm not so sure that he didn't just make them up. We found him unconvincing then. There's no way a man could, a man like that could know so many famous people. I mean, you'd think that he'd. Uh, oh, I don't even know if Gandhi was around. But... <laughs> <laughs> That's a little too early for Gandhi. He was still a lawyer back then. Yeah, um, I would think that he know the Pope. That's probably who he'll tell us he knows tomorrow. My goodness me. So I've just been sitting here trying to ignore him uh, with my nose in the newspaper as I'm reading. And she says all of these bloody newspapers are uh, like three days old. So I guess they can't get that. I guess we're going the wrong direction to get decent information from London. Indeed, yes. That's that's surprising. Normally the uh, normally the Orient Express is rather good for those those kinds of things. Well, it would seem going in the other direction from London. You get the newspapers faster than when you're already here, heading back the other direction. Hmm. It's rather disappointing. Um. She says this one's from three days ago. She sets it on the table. Well, I, I suppose I should have a look at it. I mean, even three days ago, it might. Um, it's been a while since I read a paper. Especially London one. Um, you look down at the paper, and um, I don't know. What do they have? Cricket? Um, do they have cricket in the winter? I don't know. That probably doesn't make any sense. Um. There's various things that are going on, the royal family, uh, this and that. And then you notice a word that pops out at you. Islington. Aha. Well, um, well I'll, I'll read on. Islington shopkeeper murdered. Signs of a struggle. 
An Islington shop proprietor has been found dead under mysterious circumstances. Mr. Robert Osborne, owner of Osborne's Gentleman's Outfitters on Nelson Street, was found dead in his shop by a member of staff as, he arrived, as she arrived for work. Scotland Yard Detective Inspector Phillips said there was a great deal of destruction in the shop indicating a struggle that would have been quite noisy. However, the doors were locked and there was no sign of forced entry. I would like to think that I would also like to ask anyone who was in the vicinity of Nelson Street between the hours of five and seven of yesterday morning to make themselves known to the police. Well, that doesn't say what kind of mysterious circumstances. And the doors were locked and there was no sign of forced entry. Hmm. Do I still have my London A to Z with me? Containing, uh, is a little book containing a map of all of London. Sure. Which you need to get around in London because it's rather difficult to find some places. Um, Nelson Street in Islington. Mm -hmm. Now, I believe at some point, didn't we see a card? Belonging to Mehmet, or did I imagine that? A card? Yes. Do we see his card? I don't believe so. No, I don't think we did, did we? I think I imagined that. Um, do we know where his shop is? I don't think so. Other than in Islington. I'm, I'm just going to um, have a look in the A to Z. The Nelson Street. Okay. And um, just acquaint myself with where it is. Okay. In relation to um, Islington Underground Station and um, the Angel. Yes. And uh, he did reveal that he had a little shop in Islington. Yeah. She. He asked if there was a card. But, but I'm saying he asked if we knew where his shop was. He did tell us it was in Islington. Yes, you know that it's yeah, in Islington. Yeah, they're, they're all in there. All the antiques dealers and antiquarian places are all in okay. the same little bit. All right. In the lanes. Which might not be called that. There's also, well, I'll just remind you, there's also that newspaper article. Way, way back. Oh, yes. Yes, of course. It was quoted last time, yes. So, there are ways of finding out where that shop is. And I think that's where we'll cut it, unless you guys have any last words. Have any last words? <laughs> Um, Basingstoke. Basingstoke. That's that's a good last word. All right. Well, let's call it there. Hmm. Our players included Thomas McKeon, Mick Swan, Jeff Wilkins, and Wayne Worthy, with myself as the keeper of the secrets. We're currently producing four shows a week with music and sound effects added in post production in order to create a richer listener experience. We provide audio-only versions of our show free for you to download from Podbean or iTunes. If you'd like to become a patron, visit our Patreon account. Just a dollar or two a month will help us a lot. 
like, share, subscribe to our channel, and punch that bell icon for updates on our latest shows. And leave us some comments. We love hearing from you. This is Tom Rayleigh, together with all the members of our gaming club, inviting you to journey with us once again into the darkness for another adventure into the universe of H.P. Lovecraft and the Call of Cthulhu role-playing game. Until next time, good luck and good gaming.